Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we get started, wanted to remind you all to subscribe, like, and follow at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social medias, including YouTube and Twitch, where fully edited vodcasts are housed with exclusive clips. Remember, the more followers we get, the more we can give back to the goalkeeping community. Let's all keep paying that knowledge forward, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid. With me, you know her as the one and only UCLA goalkeeper coach getting ready for her Pac-12 big matchup, the Derby between USC and UCLA this Friday, Suskia Weber. We are excited about this, Susk. Everyone's excited about this. I love it's the Derby. Like we have to, it's this, this is everything right now. I mean, so for so for some people out there who might be listening right now, who, who might not be familiar, maybe they're they're from overseas. Why don't you explain to them a little bit about kind of this USC UCLA rivalry and why it's so so big in in in, in the college soccer game? Well, we don't have a um, tournament, so the Pac-12 goes in my like what I love in in point style. Right. So they go like the Europeans do it. So we go in point style, you know, one for a tie, you know, three for a win and so on and so forth. So last year um, or this spring when we had the COVID season and everything, it we had already won outright uh, two games before we even played SC, which is our biggest rival. And so now this year it's actually come down to the final game points wise. So um, whoever wins this game wins wins the Pac-12, wins the outright bid, will probably be – we're number three in the country right now. Honestly, if I'll knock on wood and do all my superstitions, if we win this game, when we win this game – sorry, Shannon always yells at me for saying <laughs> if – when we win this game on Friday, we should be number one in the country. And, you know, obviously we're getting – we'll get the Pac-12 championship bid and we'll go from there. We play at home the whole nine yards. I mean, look, I, th- I think, you know, one of the things right there, you know, is that obviously, you know, rankings are important and everything like that. But in reality, you know, it's really about just, you know, the testament of you guys, you know, an undefeated regular season. I mean, that just, you know, I don't think a lot of people out there understand how difficult that is to do, no, especially in the college landscape at the level of your conference you know, is such an elite level. You're consistently playing against youth national team players and international players, you know, with the cream of the crop here. Yeah. And, you know, we, we are undefeated. We're the only undefeated team. Um, We're number three in the country, Uh, whether it's strength, the schedule, whatever it is, we have three ties, but you know, it's a testament to the players because Sometimes you're playing, you're playing on a Thursday, you're playing on a Sunday, you know, it's not, you're not playing once a week. Um, and you have school, you have everything. So my, my hat's off to the players right now that what they're doing and coming into this game and being so amped for it, it's going to be epic. It's sold out. You know, they're viewing parties. There's everything. <laughs> like, it's like viewing, it's like, pa- viewing parties. Like, yes. it's, it's amazing. It's like a World Cup. Yeah, I've already heard that they're like, you know, like the Orlando Pride's having a viewing party. Like, people are having this is wait, this what? Sh- did, wait, NWSL teams are having viewing parties. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because, like, 
first of all, it sold out. Second of all, it, it's one of the biggest rivalries in the history of college sports across the board, whether you're basketball, football, whatever, UCLA, USC, period. And it's just a testament to where we've come with women's soccer. And it, like, it makes me tear up and be proud. Of, so we've sold out the stadium, but we usually sell out the stadium, but now people are taking notice. And we sold out the stadium. There's a waiting list of like a thousand people to try to get in. Um, it's gonna be epic. It's awesome. This is why this is why you play sports. This is this is all everything. <laughs> I mean, look. I mean, look. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie and everything like that. I mean, I for for those of you guys who don't know out there that there's a there's a waiting list and I I signed up to try to get tickets and, <laughs> and I told you a week ago. No email. No response. <laughs> I'm like I'm like this is this is what happened. I'm like I'm like this is the same thing that happens. To and me they're like, gonna I, come back and say, "Can Saskia get you in?" I have family. <laughs> Mike's my family, but I have like, I only have like two tickets. I have two tickets. That's it. That's insane. Now what's going to happen during the playoffs? Jeez, during the tournament and stuff like that. Well, you know, but here's the thing. Like, look, we sold out against Stanford. We sell out everything. But the the deal is this is USA. (laughs) And I wasn't on the team when they played in um, the, uh, uh, at USC in the big stadium in the Coliseum. And I heard there were 30,000 people there. So, um, we're not playing in the Coliseum, but we have sold out the stadium and it's honestly, my excitement about this, like rivals my excitement about the world cup from a different perspective. I mean, look, I like, I think, I think, you know, about what you're saying right over here is just that, you know, when we're talking about like the passion that people have for not just being players, but also being coaches, like this is what we're talking about right here, you know, and you can sense how proud you are of all your goalkeepers this past season and and everything, you know, not just, you know, the, the ones that have been consistently playing, but also the ones off the field, you know, and as our, as our guest comes on, guest panelist comes on in a second here, which is uh, Chris Sharp from Colorado Rapids, who's just finishing up training because they're right now in the middle of their playoff preparations. Um, they're right now the three seed in MLS in the Western conference. So obviously really important things going on, but it's important that we start having these discussions, Saskia, you know, with our goalkeepers as things start wrapping up, you know, and kind of reflecting back on everything that's kind of happened. You know, this I, I had a conversation with my keepers before the Stanford game. I sat them down separately and I said, Lauren is only good as our union is good. Lauren is only like when we get a shutout, we all get a shutout. So whether you're playing, whether you're not playing, whatever it is, um, we're a union. And when we got the shutout against Stanford, my first text was to the entire UCLA GK union was congratulations on the shutout because it's all of us. I love the fact that you just said that right there, because it is that it is that dynamic, because if it weren't for them pushing Lauren at training, uh, them consistently improving, them giving her service, all those sorts of things, she wouldn't be sharp. She wouldn't be in the position, you know, where she's at to be able to. And not only that, if Lauren either, you know, gets hurt, you know, or let's just say, you know, you guys 
all decide, you know, that, that, that you want somebody else to get. Mike, are you going to knock on wood right now? What are you doing to me? Okay. So, no, 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 no. I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I oh, geez, Louise. I, no, okay, maybe I should. No, but you, get, but, but you get what I'm saying. It's ne it's next person up, you know. So it's like they it all is, have to be, prepared. and they all yeah. have to be prepared. And the bottom yeah. line is, it's it's just it's team. And I think that any player that comes into our our life and our, what we do at UCLA that doesn't understand that if you're not on the starting team or if you're not the first player off the bench or something that you don't matter is ridiculous. Like everybody matters and that's how i played for the u.s team and so the fact that amanda um sam and jane have created that environment is why i love play of coaching here because that's true yeah. you know yeah. it's true you're all, everybody is important everybody's accountable from the first player to the last player and there are no first and last do you see what i'm saying exactly exactly you know I and mean, i think if you look at the goals we've scored, it's the players coming off the bench, the game changers, which, by the way, was coined by um, not me, but I hated the word reserve. I hated that. I think that's a horrible statement, but I think that game changers is the best thing. So if you look at Kyla coming off the bench or if you look at um, anybody coming off the bench and serving a ball and it's a goal, you know, or just changing the flow of the game? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Speaking of ab speaking of absolutes, guys, we have somebody right here who is absolutely <laughs> just coming in from his training session right now, guys. Rolling. <laughs> Colorado Rapids goalkeeper coach Chris Sharp. Sharpie. Uh, hey, I Sharp. What's up? Hey, Seth. How you doing? <laughs> hey, I'm good. I'm great. Good. Good. <laughs> She's she's excited about the Friday big derby against USC. Yes, I didn't know it. until Mike told me the other day. That's fantastic, huh? Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Brilliant, brilliant, yeah. big game, big games all weekend this weekend. I love I know. big games. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, bring it. <laughs> brilliant. Sorry, guys, I just got in from training. We we moved training to eleven o'clock now because of the the cold here. So just jumped in and gone gone. So. How cold? How wait? How cold is it there now? Uh, I mean, today's beautiful. To be fair, I mean, right now it's sixty-seven, but the last few days we've had like 34, 35. So it's just the frost in the grass early morning. You just gotta let it. Thirty-four, let it thirty-five. Meanwhile, yeah. last night I was doing an outdoor. I was doing an outdoor comedy show on this patio, on Melrose. It was like awesome show, like A-list comics, everything like wow. that. that. And that, uh, that California life guy, tough, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my. Thirty-four, God. thirty-five. It's like. <laughs> yeah, but I was like shivering. I was wearing like this jacket, layered. Like I was like this. No, Mike. Like, we were just talking about the game Friday night, and everybody's like okay, I need to bring like hot chocolate. I need to bring like a blanket and stuff. I'm like, it's going to be like 60. Uh, here's, me like, here's me last night on the academy session at 4.30, two sweaters, a big parka, two pairs of sweatpants. Sun goes down, oh, another jacket, another pair of sweatpants. Australian blood is not built for that. Oh my yeah. gosh. Man. You, you look like you're in a biohazard suit just uh, walking around the I like the Michelin man. <laughs> Yeah, you're like trying to serve balls like this. I can't feel my arms. Yeah. No, good. This is why all the kids have to do the service because you can't physically move your body. You can't. Oh man. Well, uh, well, well, Sharpie, I I know you're limited on time right now, obviously, because you guys have a big playoff uh yep. playoff push going on. First off, congratulations. Uh, you know, being right now your third seed, you know, in the Western Conference, it's a really difficult conference. Yep. As as we all know, um, just 
phenomenal accomplishment what you guys have been able to accomplish you know this this year with Colorado so yeah, congrats on definitely. that and obviously you know much success going into the playoffs next yeah, week so. thank you yeah it's been a good year and hopefully the guys can 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 kick on and you know Seattle and SKC have kept us in the loop this week too with their results so it's a big big weekend for everybody I think yeah, so I so one of the reasons why I wanted to do this topic with both you and, and Suskia right here is because neither one of you guys are ending your season uh, next week. Uh, so so you guys uh, can be a little bit more open and honest about the situation because no one can be like, well, wait a second, they're about to do this right now. So yeah. are they gonna? They can't give away information or whatever. Um, today's topic, guys, is exit interviews. I think it's a really important topic. A lot of youth coaches right now and a lot of college coaches right now are going through this. There's a lot of young coaches. I'll be honest with you personally, myself, when I did my first exit interview, I was terrified. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to approach it. I didn't know what to say. So Sharpie, maybe for some parents out there that don't know what we mean by exit interviews, what do we mean by that? Well, I think it's, you know, the exit interview is just an opportunity for the coaching staff to discuss with the individual how, how their season played out. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, looking at things like IDPs, which is the individual development plans, um, you know, what we see in the future for them, um, you know, maybe the position they hold at the club currently, uh, just to, you know, be honest and upfront about where we see them within the, uh, the, the realm of the, the scope of, of the, uh, the club. Um, you know, I think for me, the exit interviews, uh, obviously there's a lot of different layers to it. It depends on what level you're at. If you're a first-team player all the way down to an academy player, you know, what the, the future holds for you, number one, probably first and foremost as you're a pro, pro player. Um, you know, as, as you get sort of down the ranks in the, in the younger guys, it's, you know, where the season lay, uh, how we thought your season went, strengths and weaknesses. For me, it's a lot about the IDPs, showing them where I feel they can improve, showing them where I think they're very strong, maybe cutting a little bit of video out of certain things to kind of back up your, you know, your, your give some justification to the points you're trying to make. Um, and then I think obviously for me, with the older guys, the first team boys, it's then, you know, if we are keeping them for the following year, showing the the plan that we're going to have for the preseason it is always my exit interview um, of what my plan might be with a little bit of, obviously we've still got months to go before we get there, but where the preseason may lay for them as far as that IDP is concerned and what we're going to try and, you know, forecast in that preseason. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I agree completely. And I think, you know, Suske, you know, this is something that obviously is something that's extremely, extremely important, especially when we're talking about, uh, at the collegiate level, because you have goalkeepers that are going to be either moving on to another level, or you have goalkeepers who are going to be kind of taking that next step from being a red shirt to being a participating member and everything like that. And, and you, and again, you know, Sharpie before, before we started, you know, Suskia was talking about the fact that like all the goalkeepers, you need to make them all feel special. You need to make them all feel like you're giving them just as much amount of time as this is not like five minutes for the, you know, quote unquote third string. And then like, you know, an hour and a half with the, with the, with, with the number one, you know, Susan? Yeah. And I think that exit interviews for me, I, I handle it throughout the entire season. So if you have a running communication of where you're at, where, where our vision is through the entire season, when it comes to an exit interview, it, it's just a reiterating of the, that vision and where they've been. But if you, if you haven't said anything, coaches out there, if you, if, if you just like gone through training, haven't had meetings, haven't talked, haven't done video, haven't done anything. And then all of a sudden at the end of the season, you're like, okay, so this is where I see you for the rest of for next year. I think it, it's a little harsh. I think that it should be a, 
it should be a growing, like it should manifest throughout the year. And by the time I get to the exit interview, they already know where they are and what I expect for them for mm -hmm. moving forward, for off season, for their, for their individual training, for, um, for going into the next season and so on. Yeah, no. And by the way, Sharpie, feel free to step in any, any time right here. Yeah. Um, I agree. I agree with Sass guys. I think, and I think Sass, what you said to be in there for coaches, for me, it's a recap. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's recap. a recap. It, it's a, it's a, you're just reiterating <laughs> every little bits and pieces that you put together throughout the course of the season. Um, you know, for me, for us as goalkeeper coaches, you know, whether you're in academy, whether you're in a club football, whether you're in college or, or the pros, we have a, a smaller group to take care of. You know, the field yeah. play coaches have 15, 16, 30 if you're in the first team or maybe even more if you're a college coach. So it can, can be more difficult for those guys to get around to each individual throughout the course of the season. But for us as goalkeeper coaches, for me, you know, it is, it is a complete recap. Um, and I encourage, and, and, you know, obviously might go back to what you asked me at the beginning for parents in this, but I encourage my goalkeepers in the academy level to bring questions. Absolutely. They have to come with a, with, a, with, a, with their little book and pen and they have to have five, six, seven, eight, ten, fifteen. 10, 15. There's no time limit for me. They're, you know, I, I might say, hey, you know, Mike, we're meeting from 5 to 5.30, but I don't mind if we go to 6.15. It doesn't matter to me. But they have to come with their thought process. You know, I want to know how you did. I always start my recap with my younger kids on you tell me how you felt your season was. Yeah. Don't yeah. Fight. And I also think that that in like it instills in them yeah. to look at their video, to reassess their play, to yeah. watch what they can and come to you with the questions like, you know what? Because um, we uh, uh, we all know that what we want out of goalkeepers is to self coach is to say, when I walk up and say, what happened in the situation for you to give me the answer instead of me giving you the answer. Yeah. So even when with these meetings coming and saying, you know what, I'm still struggling on crosses because of this, because of that, you know, because I'm, I'm, um, I'm get letting the player draw me to the near post and not holding that first step or whatever it is, but you want them to come to you with the questions and kind of the answers to move forward, but it is just a recap. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you know, one, one thing I want to bring up about that is like, in, 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 you know, one of the, when I first did my, you know, first exit interviews at the, at the youth club level, at least, um, which is very, a little bit different than obviously at the collegiate level is um, I recognized that if they didn't weren't on the same page as me, there was a disconnect. And this is a problem. This is means that we've not been communicating properly throughout this entire process. If they're unaware if all of a sudden I'm, I'm throwing something at them and it's like hitting them like a truck, like <laughs> what? I didn't see this at all. Like, Oh no, then there's a, there's a problem here because in, in my opinion, as a goalkeeper coach, as an educator, it's our job to be able to be able to be able to allow create an environment. That's going to teach them how to recognize these things within themselves. And if they're not recognizing these weaknesses, you know, that, 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 that's a problem, Chris. And can we use that as like kind of a learning tool for ourselves as educators? hundred you know? percent. I, I, I think what Sash said, you're, you're talking to the coach here. And for me, you know, if kids are coming into the, the, the classroom to, so to speak, or, or the office to have this conversation and they're asking you questions. So the kid says, okay, Chris, um, you know, this situation arose in the game, uh, last weekend, it was the game prior to the, 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 the recap. Um, 
you know, I want to know what to do here. My response to them is, okay, you tell me what you think is the best thing in that moment. And if they're telling you the things that you've gone over in video, in training, in their gameplay, whatever it is, they're obviously in taking the information. Therefore, I'm doing my job. Mm-hmm. If they're if they're got no idea, then obviously, you know, there's two things. Either I've got to look at myself or that scenario has not come up in my sessions or not come up in their games before. Yeah. Um, so there's probably twofold for me. And I think, yeah, it, it's a wonderful thing. If you're going into an end-of-season interview uh, with your goalkeepers or, or anybody and or there are questions probably can't answer themselves, then we aren't doing our job as a coaching staff throughout the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, I get even like game to game, like I'll get text messages from – LB or somebody like from LB and she'll be like, okay, I went over the video before we've even gone over the video. I should have done this. I knew it in the moment, like this and that and the other, that's what you want. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, so the exit interviews are recap and are, are they cognizant? Are they learning everything Mm -hmm. that you've taught over the season? And I agree with you, Chris, if they're coming in going, all right, this happened. I have no idea how to fix this. I have no idea what's going on. Then then I have to turn to myself and say, why don't they understand? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, cause it's you know, very obvious, right. like the mistakes they made, but they can't see that. But, but I think also we have to, and yeah. Sharpie, I don't know how you feel about this. I think we also have to be cognizant of the level and the oh, age of course, of course. that we're, wor- that we're working at. I've seen, and again, a mistake that I've seen a lot of younger coaches make is that they're doing an, you know, an, an interview with a poor little 11 or 12 year old and they're giving them all this information. And it's like this poor kid leaves just thinking like, I can't play goalkeeper. Like, I don't know what I'm doing at all or whatever. So like you have to, there's a certain way to say things age and level specific so that it's going to, yeah. that it's going to be successful and functional for them and effective. I think so. And I agree. I think there's going to be certain things. Like I said, if there's things that, that happen in the game, let's say you're talking about 11 and 12 year olds and I'll just pick, say the 11 year olds, for an example, and they're playing on a 77 field. And in our experience in Colorado and all the data we've taken in the ability in those games for kids to get crosses in is pretty slim to none. They can't even serve the corner kicks in past the first post. So in, for us to spend a, a, a monumental amount of time in our training sessions on crosses for, the U10 and U11 is not worth it at the moment. They're not going to see those moments in games all the time. So if the kid comes in and says, hey, you know, Sharpie, this happened in the game, crossing sequence happened, you know, whatever the pattern of play was, you know, I understand that because we haven't really, you know, gone over it in great detail in training. It probably doesn't happen a lot in his his games. That happens to a 13-year-old who's now in 11 v 11 field. And we haven't touched that as a goalkeeper coach. Then, you know, you're looking at yourself going, okay, I need to be doing more of this because I'm not seeing what's happening in game situations to allow the kid to be successful in those moments. Um, and I, I think, look, I think it just plays twofold in that. You're you're looking at several different things: age, ability level, level they're playing at. All this, it all comes into to play when you know you're talking yeah. about even I think my other issue is that, um, you know, young players get caught up in what happens in the moment, and so uh, a good example is let's say the game the other night. So Lauren came way too far off her line to try to collect two ball, two flighted balls. And is it that this is a hitch in her, her game or is it, she was too amped up and she made some dumb mistakes. And so, you know, you have, you have um, head coaches and Chris, I'm sure you know this 
that are like, why is Lauren doing this? And why is she, why is she running off her line? And this is a problem. And I'm sitting here going like, it's not a problem. She's never done it before. And, you know, she was amped up. She was off her game that day. We'll talk about it and relax, hmm. you know? And so when kids go to their exit interview, it can't be based on one thing there. Yeah. It can't be based on one thing. It can't be based on their last game. It is a mm-hmm. progression through the season and where you see them going in the future. It's a holistic. Yeah. I, I think to add on to what Sarah just said there, for me, my DA boys, and not so much with the first team guys, because they're obviously you know season pros. But for the for the DA boys, we do the IDPs at the end of the year. So I give them their IDPs. They're blank IDPs. They have everything in there from, you know, physical, tactical, mental, all. That. And I have them. There's a, a section for them to fill out. You know what they're looking to achieve, strengths and weaknesses, all that sort of stuff. And I go through across the course of the season as their game's gone, and I just fill out stuff and make notes. So I'm not backtracking when it comes to December. Then when we sit down in the exit interview. Up on the screen goes their IDP. We go back and look at what they've written at, in July, and we go to see where they are in December. So, is there? We're not talking about like you said, that's just one thing. He hasn't come flying out of the goal line for to clear the ball and miss the ball, you know. And that's the one thing in the whole season we're talking about. It's, uh, I, I love, I love Sharpie. I just love what you just said right there because I think that is something that I think a lot more people need to do is to utilize what they had their goalkeepers say in the preseason before the season right. even started what are their goals mm-hmm. what are their goals for this season you know where do they feel that they need to improve where do they feel that they're strong and everything because yeah. then you can go back and now you actually have you actually have um you know kind of a worksheet and you can say okay you hit this point you didn't hit this point you didn't hit why did this end up going like this or, or actually you act, actually went past where we expected you to go here you know and that that's yeah, accountability. Of you're holding them accountable they've said it now they put it out there. Now they have to be accountable for it. If one of the kids says, look, I need to be I'm 13 years old. I have to get my function in my body right. I'm a little bit cumbersome right now. I'm growing. Um, so I'm going to stay with the strength and conditioning coach after every session. And I'm going to work on my mechanics for 15 minutes. Great. July hasn't stayed once. September hasn't stayed once. November, yeah, exactly. Once. All of a sudden you can go, okay, so I'm sitting here saying your mechanics haven't improved over the last six months. But you said to me, look at your IDP that you wanted to work on this. You haven't been out once. Like you're, you, there's accountability in that. You know what I mean? Now, on the flip side of it, they've said that a week, and what they've said, and all of a sudden you see this, then fantastic, job done. You've been brilliant. You know, and there's a, I think there's a, a good realm to that when it comes to those young kids. Yeah. Susk, do you have to kind of, for lack of a better term, you know, we always talk about the personalization when it comes to, you know, communicating with goalkeepers. Do you have to take the person into account with how Absolutely. you talk to them? Like you, you can talk to uh, one in a certain. Okay. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I'm not going to, I, I guess I am. Um, women are different than men. Sorry. No, and a- um, I do. I, I absolutely do. Um, but, well, the conversation last night at 11 o'clock in the morning was clips of certain situations that happened um, in the game against Stanford. And I said, yes, I'm aware of it. Lauren and I are going to meet and we're going to talk about it. Don't bring this up until I have a chance to talk to her. Like, because the individual, I know how she'll react. But that, that, you know, yes, it's individual. If that had been Hannah, no, go ahead. If that had been E, go ahead. 
but everybody's different and how they handle criticism, how they handle certain situations, how I have to deal with them going into the next game. And I take that into account 100%. Um, you just, you just brought up my entire day this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, I I agree. I agree with Sask. I think even for the guys that everyone's different, everyone's personality is different. Everyone's got different things going on in their lives. I go back to what I said before. We have a smaller group of individuals that care of. It's on the coaches to try and understand a little bit about the person. So for the senior guys, for me, you know, I've got guys that are married, got kids, kids are sick. You know, I've had instances this week where one of my first team goalkeepers, little one's been quite ill, you know, and that's it, it. For me, that is first and foremost for them. They take care of their family. They come in here and they take care of their job. You know, it can't be the other way around for them because I'm yeah. not going to get this out of him if his family's at home worrying about what's going on with the little guy, you know? So I think that there's so many uh, implications that run into what you've just asked there uh, that go on. And then the younger guys are different. They might have a bad day at school. They might've got a F on their test. You know, mum might've got stuck into them the morning on the way in. They might've had anything to eat in the morning on the way to, 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 to training. Like it, there, there's so much going on in there that, you know, I had an instance this morning where my, my academy goalkeeper was in with the first team. He had a pretty bang average session. I'll be honest with you. He did the, the warm up with us and he was quite poor. And he is a kid that I can poke and poke and poke and poke and he just gets better and better. And he is a motivated young man. He wants to edge on the on the side of me motivating him almost too much. Um, I poked him this morning a couple of times and nothing happened. Didn't get any yeah. better. Anyway, I go to him after training. I said, bud, what's going on this morning? He goes, oh, he's, he's coming off an injury. As I'm really, really sore today. I didn't say anything to you. Yeah. Oh, it's well, a learning curve for him. You know what I mean? I'm so I'm really sore today, and I just didn't say anything. But he's trying to get through the session at max performance. Yeah. Him with the first team. Yeah. If he come and said it to me half an hour before training, he said, "Knock on my door, said, hey, Sharpie, I'm not feeling great today. I want to be in, but I look at the whole thing differently." Yeah. You know. No, and that and that's what the coaches out there have to understand. You're not just checking your little card in and checking out. These are individual human beings, especially. Right especially with goalkeeping and everybody's going through something else and it's hard. You have to, if you can't juggle it, then get the hell out Then don't be a coach. You I'm sorry. Then, then check out and and I'll kick you in the ass and don't let the door hit you. Yeah. We are 80% psychologists. 80% 80 psychologists. We are. Yeah. Yeah. Deal with it. Goalkeeper trainers. By the way, Sharpie, I I just want to say, I just want to say, you know, speaking, speaking of little ones, you know, you look like the most well-rested person with a little one I've ever seen in my life, man. I I have a wonderful (laughs) wife. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Two things. I have a wonderful wife and I have a little guy that sleeps 10 hours and not wake up once. Oh my God. You are, you're blessed. I'm blessed, but something's going to bite me in the backside in 12 months time. I can see it's, he's going to be, he's going to be like his dad. Yeah, he's going to be like terrible twos or terrible whatever. You're going to be like, oh my God, what happens to that kid that's not good? We have been blessed with the uh, a saint of a child. He is is adorable. But (laughs) mum and I both know that in 12 months' time, if he's got dad's genes in him, we're in in a bit of trouble. So. Oh man! I mean, I, I I thought I was like I was like maybe he just maybe he's got a really good filter going on right now. I don't know. <laughs> Mate, there's no filter. This is what you see is what you get. Trust me. Um, I don't know, I, but, I, somebody, but I just saw yes Saskia really quick pop up on the screen. I'm not sure what did. Andreas put yes Saskia, and I I was like I'm not I'm not sure where what what, what, what that was regarding a, a comment <laughs> earlier. Or was that regarding about the little about the terrible twos type situation <laughs> going on? 
Speaking of exit interviews, geez, Louise, man. Oh, oh man. Um, I, I, I do want to ask this, though, Sharpie, because, you know, one of the things that that I think is is a problem um, a lot of times with the exit interviews is that people don't talk to the coaches first. They don't we don't all discuss, you know, you know, like especially in a club setting, they'll just say, go talk to the goalkeepers, you know, mm-hmm. see club season's over. DA season's over. Go talk to the goalkeepers. But then you don't get any feedback from the head coaches of these teams first. And then you just go and talk to these goalkeepers. And then they'll say something like, especially if you're deal- dealing with an adolescent where they might, you know, have a little bit of an attitude or whatever and say, yeah, but coach told me, then you start getting the excuses. Right. Coach told me I was supposed to do this. That's why I kept doing this. And that's, you know, we were playing like this or whatever. Well, like that's also on the goalkeeper coaches part. Like you need, don't be an Island. You need to be talking to these coaches throughout the season. So you don't end up in a situation like that. Right. You know, at the, at the club level and, you know, I, for me in my role, you know, uh, our head coach, in the first team relies a lot on what I say about the goalkeepers for the choice of selection, um, which is wonderful. It's wonderful for me and, and it's wonderful for the boys. But I think too, you know, when you're in that situation where we're not always got eyes on, you know, if you're a club team, you're not always got eyes on the goalkeepers on the weekend. You know, there obviously there is match evaluations that people are filling out. So we, for example, at the youth club level, we have match evaluations that we ask the head coaches to fill out of the goalkeepers. It's not very long. It takes them seven, eight minutes. After every game, we've got 15, 16 bullet points, you know, one to five. It just gives us a little bit of a feel about how they were on the weekend and then any any comments at the bottom. And now we're talking about four, five hundred goalkeepers here across the course of five different regions. And it's very hard for all of you know our goalkeeper staff to keep up with that all the time. But it just gives us a little bit of context to what you just said. You know, that you started struggling, you know, struggling with the starting positions um, in the run of play, struggling to understand how we're trying to play out, you know, struggling to understand when to skip the first line, whatever it looks like in that scenario. And then we can also then go to the coach and say, okay, so the nights that we have the goalkeepers, we have them on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and they're with you on the Thursday. Are you working on the build-out on Tuesdays and Wednesdays when the goalkeepers aren't with you for the full time? Would it be better to do that on the Thursday so they are understanding what you guys are asking of them within the team structure? And like just trying to find ways to kind of piece the things together because it's not easy. you know. And obviously you guys know this as well, in, in, being in Cali, where goalkeepers in one location, team players in another location, and you're trying to kind of piece things together for the kids and make it the best possible scenario for them. So that's sort of stuff that we have to be cognizant of as well as coaches to make sure that we are understanding what the staff is asking of the goalkeepers as well as what the goalkeeper coaches are asking the goalkeepers and trying to marry it together just a little bit to make sure that we are giving the kids the best opportunity to develop from those standpoints. But understanding what the, the, the team coaches are asking is also massive as well. So Sharpie, should we have, should the coaches, you know, and, and Suska, I'd love to, to, to hear your opinion on, on this as well too. Should you have an entire discussion with, the coaching staff before you approach any of these goalkeepers at the end of a season. Are is, you is that something that's yeah. I'm asking either one of you guys, but yes, that's what I want. We ask. You. I, will, I will tell you hands down that I always talk to Amanda and, and Sam and Jane and stuff like that about the goalkeepers before I sit down and I don't sit down alone with them. Our closing um, meetings are with mm-hmm. uh, at, at the least my head coach at the least um, Amanda um, Sam and Jane, it's, it's all of us. It's never just, it's never just, uh, just myself. Um, and it's just something that we have already met with and talked about and discussed about their future, about how we see the season has gone and everything. And we all talk. And then, um, if they want to have a separate meeting or another follow-up with me alone, that, then I'm open to that. But this is, my staff is incredibly invested. 
Sharpie, the same same thing on your end. Yep, I think for me in, in my situation, so it's for the first team, it's the goalkeeper, the general manager, the head coach, and myself, always in the same room. And then after, you know, right after the meeting, we'll come down, just goalkeeper myself, and we'll go yep. through the IDP plan. We'll go through uh, what the expectations are coming into preseason. You know, we, I'll be working with the strength and conditioning coach about what their off-season program looks like. I'm uh, kind of giving a little bit of a background on that. And then I will already, by that time, I will already have something drafted for preseason that will look like what we're going to try to achieve for that individual goalkeeper. And, and it won't be the finished product because obviously we've got a month and a half or four weeks, whatever it is, before you get to that point. And I'll, you know, play with it and adjust it and, and tweak it. Um, but that, and, and gives them a chance in, in a little bit of a uh, uh, secure environment to ask any questions that they, they want to ask the goalkeeping side of it without kind of going into it with the GM and the, yeah, yeah. And the head coach as well. We're just you know, just for, for goalkeeping purposes. Um, no, and I agree. And I forgot to bring up the strength and conditioning and outside programs, but yes. Yeah, yeah and all that. But I think that, I think to answer your question in, in, in more general terms too, Mike, it's, if you're a goalkeeper coach of a club team that has 120 goalkeepers and you see these 120 goalkeepers across the course of five, <laughs> five nights, it is so hard to go to every single team coach and ask them the individual stuff about the goalkeepers. So for me, sometimes, you know, obviously in the last two years, our, our, our goalkeeper staff has been doing stuff virtual. Um, you know, we, there, there is, there was a point there where we were trying to give written stuff to everybody, but again, you're asking a goalkeeper coach to write 120 re reviews and reports and so on and so forth. So we've we just got to try and make it obviously time effective for the goalkeeper staff, but most effective for the, the goalkeeper, uh, that's being reviewed. So we offer them for their parents to come in and sit down and to be fair, Sas, I'm going to go all the way back to what you said at the beginning. And we have our end of season interviews with our youth club goalkeepers not our development academy goalkeepers we are youth club goalkeepers it is mum and goalkeeper dad and goalkeeper mum and dad and goalkeeper and we are just reviewing. oh yes absolutely we are reviewing with the parents <laughs> we are reviewing with the parents it is the kids should already know how exactly yes. how we feel about them where they stand what they are we are actually talking directly to the mum and dad yes fill yes. them in on any miscommunication or any blanks that might have been between goalkeeper and family and that's no, absolutely. And so yeah. when I was coaching for um, Bulls and stuff, yes, like I'm sitting here thinking like UCLA and, and so on. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm just trying to fill out the whole. The yeah, whole but when, when yeah. I was yeah. coaching club, this is a this is a meeting that was between me and the mom and dad, yeah. um, the kid, the player, and um, the, the head coach. That's right. it. Like, and the mom and dad have to be there. The mom and dad are a part of this because this goes into. Um, you know, little Tommy or little Jane, um, she's showing up late or she's tired or um, like she wants to be a field player and a goalkeeper. There's so many other things that go into that conversation. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you're, you're just you're just nipping things in the bud prior to them actually happening. It's yeah. basically what it's doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, one thing that, you know, kind of I, I want to know, you know, kind of in, in regards to this is that and, and you, you just brought up a really good point right there. Both of you right there, you know, and, and in Sharpie is is that simple thing is is that like, you know, um, the field player, the goalkeeper, if the, you know, that's just one example right there. But if, if you, you have a goalkeeper that has a certain goals and, and mission you know, that is different than what you want from them. You need to listen to them and you can't just try to do what you want for that goalkeeper. You've got to put together, you've got, you, you've got to listen to them and, com and communicate because I can't tell you how many times I've seen at the youth level, head coaches tell me, well, we just, we just want him to be a goalkeeper. We just want her to be a goalkeeper <laughs> or whatever, you know? And again, that's just one example. And then, you know, 
what are you supposed to say? Well, they just want you to be a goalkeeper. That's not the way you approach it. You know, first off, kids should be able to explore anything they want, you know? So is that something that like when, after you have an exit interview and you listen out to the goalkeeper, you know, you kind of go back to the team and say like, Hey, just want to let you know, this are their thoughts and you need, you need to be aware of this. I think too, in our club system, we've also structured it. So like, that kind of misconception, it, it can't be really misconstrued. So, for example, and I'm talking about the club-level goalkeepers here, our, our two top levels, our Select and Burgundy levels, those kids are full-time goalkeepers. If you want to mm-hmm. play at that level, you're a full-time goalkeeper. You're not a part-time yeah. goalkeeper. Anything yeah. below that, if you want to play a part-time on the field and part-time in goal, you're only you're only going to be um, judged on goalkeeping as a third level and below. Because we, you're going to be taking time away from the kids at the top end that want to be just pure goalkeepers. So I think there's a structure. We have a structure in the club already that's kind of nipping that in the bud early. But when you sit in exit interview and little Johnny, who's on the top team and really good goalkeeper, goes, you know what? I talked to mum and dad. I want to be a bit of a, a, a field player as well. Then they have to understand that that's okay. If they want to be a full-time field player and they're good enough to be on the top team, go and do it. But you won't be a part-time goalkeeper taking time away from somebody else and be a yeah. part of the field player on one of the top teams. We're trying to develop those goalkeepers as well. So there's a there's a bit of a process in there, period. But yeah. yes, to answer your question wholeheartedly, you have to listen to them. It, it, it's it, and it's the same way in the development academy. We it, it's we're trying to put goalkeepers in the stadium. That's the bottom line. And there is yeah. pressure. There is pressure on these kids. Doesn't matter if they're 13, 14, 15, 17. Because <laughs> everybody wants their position. There's two kids per age group, and everybody in Colorado wants to be that kid in that team. So, yeah, and, and you know, with club, uh, not on the level of pro club and stuff like that, but on club here, like you're looking at kids that just want to be on the team. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like little Susie or little Johnny is like, yeah, I'm not quite making it as a field player. I'll be a goalkeeper because I'm a good athlete. So, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm on a Friday doing like my open goalkeeper session when I was coaching club and little Johnny comes running over saying, hey, my coach told me to come over and get some goalkeeper coaching. And I'm sitting here actually legitimately like in a transition. Let's say it's taken four weeks to do like progressive diving yeah. or breakaways. And all of a sudden little Johnny's running over, little Ann's running over saying, hey, you know, my coach told me to come over because I'm a part-time goalkeeper. It doesn't work that way, coaches mm-hmm. out there. It doesn't. Like, I, I mean, oh, it doesn't. It's it's us. And let me just say this. The <laughs> only people that will advocate for goalkeeping <laughs> Like, I get so mad. I'm like, okay, because I've done a progression for the past four weeks on on, right. um, on breakaways. Uh, and now they're – and let's send little Anne over because she's going to play in the game this weekend. And she's never caught a ball before. So I'm going to try to teach her how to catch as well as these guys doing breakaways right now. Uh, so yeah. are you kidding me? Hey, Mike, I think Sask has had some day so far. What are we? You guys I, I, I think 45 and Sask is having a day. Oh, I'm like, man. I'm like, wound up. I, I, that's why I left club. I was like. Yeah. No, I, I think I there's can't. protocols. If, if there's protocols in place, guys, if there's yeah. boundaries and, and direction for that sort of stuff, then I think it's great. And I have to remind my staff that, you know, that stuff, we, we've created documents and all sorts of things to go out to team coaches, playing time, um, you know, uh, goalkeeper rotation, goalkeeper training, all that stuff has to go through our goalkeeper staff prior to it being okay by the team coach as well. Because they, they say, look, little Saskia wants to be a goalkeeper all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> little Saskia, I love it. Come on, little Saskia. <laughs> Saskia. 
backstage, we got to start catching a molly first. Exactly, but I'm supposed to take. But what are you supposed to do as the coach of 120 kids in a club thing? Going, right. I have a regiment. I've done this, and now all of a sudden, randomly, because you're not in conversation with other coaches, are sending me little Saskia to say, "Hey, how do I catch a ball?" When I'm, I'm, I'm well beyond that with our goalkeepers. And, and you're but, killing the other kids too. It's hurting the other kids' progression. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. By the way, this 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 just came through right here, right here from Craig Alston. Still upset to ask you to beat us a few weeks ago. <laughs> so, this is one of this is one of my coaches. We no way. Yeah, yeah. Craig's 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 a good friend and one of my coaches for core. So Craig's yeah. awesome. He, co he coaches for CU. <clears throat> uh, yeah, we beat everybody in overtime, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I ask conversation with him one night about this particular game. Wait, I, you broke so up. So I could listen to I remember that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Oh I'm not God. sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> here's a, here, by the way, here's a, here's a, here's a question from Andreas right here. Actually, this is a really good question. He goes, uh, do you do exit interviews after fall season and then after spring season for club level or just once a year? That's a great question. Both for me. Both. Okay. Different seasons. Different seasons. Yeah. 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 That's a really good point. Um, I want to do something a little fun right here because, uh, you know, Chris, I, Sharpie, I know you only have a, a little bit of time right here. Yeah. Um, I want to throw up a, an example of a of a goalkeeper right here. And I, let's see if I can I can share this. Uh, share let's this hope this is a little oh, Saskia. <laughs> Honey, unless he has a beta or VHS, it's not going to happen. <laughs> this, might be, this might be little Mikey. I reckon this might be little Mikey. This little is, Saskia. Uh, this, I love yeah, it. <laughs> Let's see. Hold on. I don't want to. I don't want to share that one. That's what. What? What? All right, little Chris. One? Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't Chrome so little. It's little Chris. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's see if you guys can. Can Can everybody see this right here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, fantastic. Okay. I thought wonderful. it was going to uh, be a video. No. Well, well, I've that got a video. I've got a video in here that I can click on here. That but, totally uh, bummed me out. But uh, well, I've got a video. We can play the. Okay, it's time. Should we play the video first? Yeah, I so, think we should play a video because we were both expecting a video. I mean, <laughs> okay, well, yeah, yeah, I I'm found this. I found. I found this on YouTube. Me goalkeeping. Oh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> I found this on. Let's see is if we it, can get this thing to open. This is from 1972. Oh, it yeah, is little Chris. This might be nah, little Mikey. Oh no! Is it oh, little Mikey? On. Yeah, it is little Mikey. But Don't I have to play it. stupid ad. Here we go. This is little Mikey. This is back in the day. <laughs> Mikey likes right it. Here. Let's see it. Look how dark it is. Oh man, video was I can't so see bad. It, Mikey. Back then. I can't see it. Hey, oh, you can't see it. Mikey, no. Can you guys see it? see it? No. Ah. Oh man. Oh no. Ah. He wasn't Chris, playing. You know he's it wasn't lying. playing. Yeah, I, I, I watched the video. He's like, I'm not showing this. Let me tell you, if you were in my exit interview, mate, you might not be doing that next year. Okay, so let's let's just look at this though. Let's just let's just look at this right here then. So let's just look at this kind of this demo profile of this goalkeeper. And I kind of like your feedback on like both how you guys would approach this. So we got a goalkeeper, youth goalkeeper, high school junior. Okay, let's say ECNL MLS DA level, right? Mm. Scouting report is reasonable athleticism, fairly strong tactical awareness, below average feet, will struggle at high collegiate or lower level professional. But wonderful work ethic, student to the game, still physically maturing, has anxiety in intense moments. How would you 
oh talk to God. a goalkeeper like this. That's a <laughs> oh, nightmare. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so who, who wants to start? Maybe, maybe they should be a forward. <laughs> <laughs> I, and um, I'm just I'm just giving a template of a one specific type of goalkeeper out there. Right, um, and basically, say- I'm just saying me. Basically, me as a high school high school junior is what we're trying, basically trying to do right here. I think for me, you just got to put it in the context then. You just okay. got to, you got to, you know, obviously there's a, a, a number of different things there, both good and, you know, strengths and weaknesses. I think you've got to put it in the context and kind of take, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be taking this prior to a season. You'd be taking this at the end of a season. So obviously going back to what we said before, there's going to be a number of different discussions throughout the course of the season that is happening with this individual, um, you know, good and bad you know, moderate, mediocre, really, really good, whatever it looks like within that realm of what you've given the skills and what you've given there. And how are we as coaches or how am I as his coach or yeah. her coach managing all those aspects that you just put there on the screen? Now, if yeah. they're having anxiety in the high intense moments, how am I replicating that in training sessions? So they can at least feel more comfortable in those moments. I'm just going to read what you've written here. Uh, yeah. Physically maturing. This is, this go, is, go on, Sask. I, I just think this is whoever wrote this, there's better ways to put things sure. like anxiety in intense moments. Like uh, that's basically your, if I was recruiting this kid, I would never recruit this person. Like, I mean, is there a better way to explain these things? Um, reasonable athleticism, wonderful work ethic. Great. Uh, student of the grade. Great. Still physically maturing. Okay. Depends on their age. That's fine. Anxiety in intense moments. What's that mean? Like, does that mean towards the end of the game that you're not coming up with the big save? Does that mean that any breakaway you're like falling apart or that that's such an open-ended right. um, statement that, that, that it could be anything. Right. And, I, and I, I like, I like what a lot of you guys are saying right there because I love the fact. So I intentionally wrote this in this manner because I've seen so many reports like this given to kids and it shatters them, shatters. Them. I, it would shatter me. Like, but there's no, there's no, um, there's nothing informative about that. Mm-hmm. Right. What you right. said, anxiety in intense moments, what kind of intense moments? Like, okay. Um, uh, maybe decision-making, you could change that into decision-making coming on crosses, mm-hmm. right. Or, um, decision-making coming out for through balls. Right. So that's different. That yeah. that's more specific yeah. anxiety in intense moments means, you're falling apart when anything happens. My, but Mike, I, can I share my screen? Can I share absolutely. my screen? Hang on, I don't know. I, let me see yeah. if I can get this. Hang on a second. Yeah. Um, share screen. I'm like, I feel for this kid. Is it little Mikey? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. I definitely got reports like that when I was a kid, but I've seen so many things like that. And I think it's just because a lot of young coaches aren't taught how to, how to, or, or I'll, I'll be honest with you. A lot of them are lazy and they'll rush something to get it to 120 right. kids at the club. Right. And, and you're not thinking about. Look, uh, I get here, that. Me... When I first started here yeah. with UCLA and I had Whoa. to do, I had to do, um, there we I go. had to do evaluations for uh, camps and stuff. I still am specific. Mm-hmm. Like I'm right. still not anxiety in an intense moment. Like I have like 30 evaluations to do. I will still right. say, um, you know, you know, maybe a little trepidatious coming um, for through balls. And then I'll say how to work on it, Uh, like decision-making. But I wouldn't just, like, throw a kid under the bus. No. Can you guys see this? 
Absolutely. Yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah we can. This absolutely is just see an it. example of, of, of one of like, it's a blank, it's a blank uh, PDP for me. So a play development plan, we call it instead of IDP. But this is, this is something what it looks like for me. So, you know, obviously the player, the, the, the season of the fall 2020, the player, the report date, the evaluator is obviously myself. So I go through the technical, tactical, physical, and I haven't picked, I've picked out just a bunch of the stuff in here, but it, it, the date would go in here when we reviewed, and I would do a mid-year one as well. So I do the initial beginning of the season, middle of the year, and then the summary or year end at the end of it. And we go through here, and I just click on this. You can see in this bar up here, it just again, it's just a, a a very bland and generic, just what I want from the kids. So I would give this to the guys, and they have one they fill out, and I have one they fill out. So what they're looking for, where they need to be better, and then yeah. they do again the mid-year. And then there's just a little bit of a summary up there. Improve through the fall, spring, on all three points, lateral movement needs work, sharpness. And then we go into this action plan. What do we need to do, the individual and myself as a coach, to help them improve on this specific you know, activity or wherever they are on the topic? As I scroll down here, you can see there's tactical, technical, physical, and mental. Then down here, we do the objectives. So short-term, six months, long-term, 12 months, to the following year's goals, what we want to achieve, so on and so forth. And as we go over here, you can see at the top here, it focus areas of concern, areas of focus, consistently showing things. It's just that's just more for me. So I can mark it as we go. Core player values. You can see there's a couple of things in there that I work with down here as well. You know, and that that to me just gives me a, a, a whole rounded kind of um, situation where it, it gives me a template of a starting spot for them. They fill it out, I fill it out, we screen share it there beginning of the season meeting and we see where I think they are and where they feel they are. And then we kind of go from there and there and all the way through. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. No, I, and by the way, I, email that to me. Okay. I like that one. Uh, no, I like that one. I have so many and I like that one. I have some stupid one with a wheel that I can't stand. <laughs> but I, I think, I think also, you know, something that needs to be brought up right here is that I used to think personally, I used to think, Oh, well, I'm just writing this for me you know, or for me to share with the coaching staff, I'm not going to show it to this person. So it's okay. But the way that you write something, if you write it that way, that's the energy that you're going to bring to it. Even if you're not presenting that information right. to that person, you know, so if you write something like, you know, struggles with their feet cannot, would not be able to play at this level, blah, blah, blah. You're going to come into that meeting with that mindset about this, this, this kid. Well, and you, you have know? to remember that the kid, the kids are very, um, they take things at face face right. value. So right. if you say that, they'll fall apart. So mm -hmm. you actually, unfortunately, you can do that, in my opinion, with older goalkeepers. I can say, Lauren's struggling with her feet, you know, and then we can have a conversation right. about it. Right. But if I say that to a 12-year-old, they're going to fall apart. Yeah. So you, you have to be more specific at a younger age than you do at an older age. Right. You can be yeah. general at an older age because you'll have a conversation about it and they'll get it. But at a younger age, it's got to be specific. It's got to be, you know, uh, trouble with first touch and then clearing the ball. You know, this is how we work on it. Like mm -hmm. you you kind of have to coddle that yeah. else you're going to destroy yeah. a player. Yeah. I, I think the check for understanding in that moment is also massively important. So if you're writing struggling with distribution, very bland, very generic. Okay. And then I might say to you, Hey, Mike, when I say this, what do I mean? Do, do you understand why I'm saying this? Yes. Right. I, I, I'm struggling with my first touch to put it in a position where I can play the next pass, or I'm finding it difficult to play it into the next person to give them a chance or the best chance to play the following person from that. 
You know, that then now I'm going, okay, as a coach, he's listening and understanding what I'm asking of him and he knows where he's struggling or she's struggling. You know, and I think yeah. that for me is a huge piece. Obviously, the more general it can be, but the, the, the concept for them will be already implanted in their head because they've been through it so many times before. With a younger kid, you've got to really check for understanding, cull them into the, the answer almost. So they understand what they're actually saying and not just repeating it again, going great. I've forgotten about it. Now it's done. You know? Yeah. That's a, that's such a great, that's such a great point on, on that, you know, in regards to that, if you have a young goalkeeper and they're just repeating to you, yeah. you're, yeah. you're you, the checking for understanding is so massive. massive. Yeah, and I'm, I'm are, so are glad. They, is it get, is it getting into them? Do they understand right. or are they just spitting it back to you? Yeah. And there's a big thing now, and it's funny, you say, say this, I, last night I had my two DA groups last night, and we did a cutback drill that was very, very same drill for young kids, and it was very outside their realm. Like it was, I knew it was going to be too difficult for them because I'm asking too much of their decision-making too early. But I wanted to do it because I think that when it gets a little bit closer to goal, the decision-making will come a little bit quicker. And I put them in a tough situation. But in the course of the drill, I was the one serving the ball in, the second ball in, and one of the kids would make a mistake or whatever it was. And I'd be like, you know, to, to, the, to the young kid, Mono, you tell me. Oh, I did this, 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 and this. Brilliant. Job done. I don't have to say anything else. Fantastic. Well done. Good boy. Now, he might have had a poor rep, but his understanding when I checked for it was fantastic. Yes. So for, for me, there's a winner. That's a win yes. situation right there. Not the, the, the fact that, he, that the execution was poor means nothing to me at 11 years old. The fact that he understood exactly what went wrong. Exactly. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. And that's what that's what I say all the time is I walk up and I say, all right, I know, you know, you did something wrong. What? Talk to me. What? What are you seeing? What happened? Mm -hmm. And if you can give that back to me, excellent. I don't mm -hmm. care about what happened. Yeah. And I say that all the time. I don't care. I don't care about this. I care about what you're learning from it. Yeah. Yeah. What have you um, taken from it? I have one last question kind of as we wrap up, because I know both of you guys have to get going now. But one thing we haven't discussed is a player that you and the, the staff, you've talked to the staff and they've decided that they, you know, decided they want to move on from. Um, obviously, this is a very difficult conversation. Is this something you bring up in an exit interview or is this something that is brought up in a different conversation after the exit interview later on? Uh, Sharpie, I know obviously you in a professional environment is a little bit different than a collegiate environment, but you know, for me, the, the, the way I've run with it for the last 10 years is honesty. Number one, honesty. And, and I think that if you know the person is going to be let go, whatever level or whatever it, it is, you structure the interview, the exit interview to make sure that the information that you yeah. are portraying to the goalkeeper, however old, however experienced they are, that they are going to receive it in the best possible way. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm dealing with grads, kids that are uh, grads, like um, underclassmen going into grad school, still have a year to play because of COVID and how to help them and where I see their future. Right. And you have to, it's not just, Hey, thanks. You know, <laughs> see ya. Don't let the door kick you in the ass. Um, it's what do we have to do? Right. Like, 
Some of my some of my players are incredible coaches. Will they go on to play pro? No, but can they go on to coach? Absolutely. Is that what they want to do? Then you have to have those conversations. Like this is what I'm talking about. This isn't like this isn't like a hardcore interview. This is this is emotion involved. Yeah, yeah. and, and you and have you, to yes, you have you to do. be invested in that. You have to yeah. think about the, what where the person is going. So young, younger, or more experienced, it doesn't matter. What is next for them? Can I, as their coach, help them move on and achieve what they need to be achieving to help them progress further? So take a, a, an MLS goalkeeper, for example. So, you know, it's happened a lot in, in my 10 years here where, you know, younger goalkeepers come through, you let a, a, a third-choice goalkeeper go, whatever it is, or, you know, you might have to trade a goalkeeper because someone's interested in that goalkeeper. You have to move them on, but their family's instilled yeah. in Colorado. There's so many different scenarios, but you have to be mindful of the setting in which you are asking them to enter to make sure that the information they are receiving is well received, but then also offer the opportunity to help them move them on. I mean, so many goalkeepers I've moved on to other clubs that were good fits for other clubs, or we had younger goalkeepers coming through the system here that we wanted to give a chance to. But I have to make sure my due diligence, like I said, it's not that, okay, thanks, everything's done. I've, I've invested four or five years of my time into that human being as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I want them to succeed. Therefore, I have to make sure that what's next for them I have a big part to play in that as well. Absolutely. And and what's next next for them might just not might hey what's up, Jamie and Kim? Um, speaking of Colorado. But what's up for them is it might not just be soccer. And so are you invested in this person as a human being or just like a checklist on your thing? Right. And if you if you're just invested in them as a player to check off your board, then you should not be coaching. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, hey, Kim, Jamie, are you kidding me? Congratulations again, Jamie, going to Colorado. I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh I love God. Kim and Jamie. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I, I, I do want to say this, this last thing, you know, uh, before we get, let Sharpie plug it up and, uh, and get, and get out to the, to the youth sessions right there is that I think the number one thing to wrap it all up that, that everybody out there needs to understand parents, coaches, players is that these exit interviews are for the goalkeeper they're not for you they're not for the other coach the other coaches they're not for the parents they're for the goalkeeper and if you go in with that mindset that this whole whole idea the whole reason we're doing this is to make this person a, a you know uh a better goalkeeper or a better person whatever whatever it is that their goals are in life you know um then, then you're going to be successful with these interviews, in my 100%. opinion. 100%. Yeah. I think every scenario is different. Every human being Absolutely. is different. Every level that, you know, talking about the pros or the college kids or the youth camps. level kids or DA kids or camps or whatever it is, there's so many settings and scenarios that are very, very different. You have to have a feel for a, the human being that you're talking to and, and be the scenario that you're, you're asking them to come. Yeah. If, if you're, if you're, if you're just checking off boxes, like that thing you sent us and you're just like maybe giving a different adjective or something um, or verb sending it out to multiple kids, then that's not okay. That's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's not enough. Uh, you know? Absolutely. 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 Um, well, guys, uh, th thanks to obviously for Sharpie for, for taking the time. I know you guys are really, really busy. You know, um, you I'm know, really, I know you guys really are, busy. Well, you guys are both really, really busy. <laughs> massive, really massive really match on Friday. 
massive match. And obviously, and obviously, I mean, LAFC is trying to make the playoffs, so they're going to be bringing everything they can, you know, against against you guys next week. That's the one. That's the last regular season game before the playoffs, right, Sharp? Yep, great decision day, last day. Wow. Yep. Um, wow, man. Big day, big well, day. A lot really... of teams playing for a lot of different things. Well, Sharp, you've got to watch our game tomorrow. What? <laughs> so... What time's kickoff? It's eight p.m. At your your time. Yeah. Okay, so I'll be about sleeping with my little guy. Yeah, now. exactly. My parents are like, <laughs> seriously? My parents are like, seriously? I'm like, I, I can't do anything about it. Right. <laughs> like, no. it. It's on Pac-12. Is it on Pac-12 or yes, Pac-12? Pac-12. Sweet. Pac-12. Pac-12. Uh, well, Sharpie, if, if anybody wants to connect with you out there, I know you're okay. really great on social media with connecting with people. With There's probably going to be a lot of people who have more questions about this. Where's the best place to connect? Um, you can do us Instagram, at core goalkeeper. Um, or you can just do C underscore sharp zero one on Instagram. Just, it, last time we did this guys DMS flew in, please. And I'll try to get back to everybody within the, the first couple of days, but you, you got questions for me, just throw them out there. I'm always happy to answer them, especially when it comes to goalkeeping. So. Yeah. And, and if you want to reach out to Suskia Weber, wait till after Friday at eight o'clock. Thank you. <laughs> Well, it today. The day is not a good day, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's not today or tomorrow. Do not. But after Friday, well, maybe Sunday. <laughs> you gotta let me recover from. What, when, when's the when's the tournament announced? When, when do they do the Sunday? Right, Sunday they do the uh, announcement. Monday they're doing the announcement. Cool. On Monday they do the announcements. Okay. Yeah, so Suskia underscore Weber, wait till the weekend, guys, for that. <laughs> If you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion, uh, contact at insidethe18media.com or at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social media platforms. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, michaelmagidcomedy.com. It's got all my touring schedule. Or reach out to me at michaelmagid on all social medias. <laughs> I will be at the Madhouse Comedy Club next Wednesday at 8 o'clock, uh, November Chris, 10th, if you guys you. would like to check it out. Yeah, you too, Sus. Good luck tomorrow night. Thank you. You too. Good <laughs> Thank luck. Thank you very much. Cheers, all right, guys. All right, guys. That's all the time guys. on Inside the 18. We're out, guys. Later. Yeah.